Good morning. Welcome to Bethel. You guys can have a seat. Okay, what did you guys do with your extra hour? Yeah, I slept. Yeah, okay. Wasn't it? This is like the one weekend of the year where it's like you got this extra hour. So I hope you used it wisely. If not, you can do something this afternoon fun, right? Use it wisely this afternoon. Uh, So glad that you guys got up on time and that you were either here really early or that you were here on time and that we're together this morning um, to worship. If you're visiting with us today, we would love to connect with you, whether it's online or in person. And the easiest way to do that is to go to our website, which is mybethel.cc slash connect. And there's a form there to fill out and so we can reach out to you this week and see how we can better serve you. We're in our Bethel Cares series. And last week we learned about um, caring for each other as a family and what, how can we use our gifts to uplift each other in this family. And today we're going to be looking at beyond us. Because, it, you know, it's really fun to serve each other in here, but we have a responsibility to go beyond. And so today we're going to be looking at what it looks like to start exercising those gifts in the community. So Bethel Cares, let's get started. Morning, Bethel. How are we doing? Um, Who wasted their hour last night? Yeah, I I did. I stayed up too late. (laughs) So I was like, looked at the clock and like, crud, there went my hour that I was going to sleep. So who didn't, who took advantage of it and slept an extra hour? All right, we got a few people. All right, awesome. Well, um, we're in week two of of our Bethel Cares. Uh, We have something we want to share with you today and kind of launch today. Uh, We're excited about it and and looking forward to see how God's going to use our church to impact our community. Uh, But the Church of Jesus was born over 2,000 years ago, and and the church throughout history has this um, idea of bringing hope and unity to the world. Um, There's a there's a chaos that's going on in our world that Jesus invites the church to be a healer. Now, if you've looked around, we have plenty of churches in our community. And uh, over, over the years, over the centuries, churches have, instead of uniting under the, uh, the cause of Christ, have caused some division so that they're, when you look at a church, you're like, okay, so what does this church believe? And how does this church, church practice theology? And how does this church um, work things out? And so when people come to a new church or try out a new church, they're always asking a list of questions, which are very important. But Jesus himself said that the church would impact the world, and even the gates of hell wouldn't stand against it. The church is a, a powerful thing. It's God's first plan for the gospel. It's what what Jesus came to give his life for. And actually, the church has the opportunity to set up his kingdom now and well, as well as bringing his kingdom to the earth. And so we're going to work through this one, which is about our community. We're still going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, we're going to continue the passage there. Uh, but before we jump in, I'd like to pray and ask God to be with us this morning to uh, guide us, to open our hearts, and to listen to his Holy Spirit and uh, yield to him. So let's pray this morning before we get started. God, this morning as we look into your word, we are um, really in awe that you would take us, that you would use us, that you would call us to yourself and then put us into the ministry. Uh, God, we know that this is a, a task that, that many times we don't know exactly how it's going to work out, but 
We know that Jesus came, and, and um, we see in Acts that he gave us power to go into all the world, starting at home and then around the world. I pray that Bethel, God, would, would care and that we as a church family would look around to see how we can love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. Uh, Jesus, today we love you. We place our service in your hands. Uh, thank you for this Sunday. Uh, thank you for allowing us to be here uh, to gather together to love, love and lead one another, to provoke one another to love and good works. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, we started this last week, it's kind of our theme verse for this Bethel Cares series. Um, it says right there, God's purpose in all this was to use the church. And so the word church has been defined or changed over time um, to where we kind of take church as a building, possibly, that houses a religious gathering. And so that's kind of what we look at as church. Um, there's different kinds of churches. There are different uh, looks of churches. But when we look at this word church, we'll define it here in a second, but the word church actually means the people. And so God was to use the church, says to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And the, so the church was to carry out God's wisdom to showcase his prized possession, which is people, people that he's called into a relationship with himself. It's to put on display. We're going to actually focus this week about what he does to display his goodness, his wisdom, as we in, in, interact, as we impact the community around us. Actually, uh, we could say also known as the people that are outside our church family. Um, every church has a group of people that are kind of insiders, part of the family. There's people also in the crowd that are trying to figure out if they want to be a part of the church family. But then there's people that are never going to be a part of our church or that are out in the community. And our job is to actually go. Jesus said that is to go. So the gathering of God's people has more to do than just singing and worshiping and listening to a sermon it's an actual group of unlikely people that are fit together by God himself to impact each other and then the world around us. So we start this new season at Bethel. We want to be known for what we're for, not what we're against. We talked about last week. We want to be known as a loving and a unifying church. A lot of people come to our church and say, oh, very friendly. Well, we don't want to just be friendly. We actually want to be loving, beyond friendly, more than just surface level. We want to care for one another. We want to care deeply for one another. So during this season, we're highlighting four different areas, our church, our community, our nation, and our world. Uh, we have a couple of guest speakers that are going to be coming over the next few weeks, and they're going to be sharing what God is doing around our country, but then also around our world. Um, kind of as a pause, uh, if you've been watching any news lately, you see things are kind of getting difficult in Ethiopia. Uh, over in Africa, there's some uh, tribal wars that are happening, and it's affecting our missionaries that are there. Uh, we support a family that started a church there, Bethel, and they also uh, have a school. Well, the embassy told them a few weeks ago they needed to get out. Well, they decided to stay, uh, but then they got another notice over the last couple of days, and they're, they're making them leave. Um, if they don't leave now, they'll, they'll be stuck. And so if you'll pray for them, the rights in Ethiopia, uh, it's one of our partners there. Uh, but when you think about our world and how God uses people around the world, people sometimes are in, in situations that are difficult. Uh, the rights have been there so long that this is not just a place that it's foreign to them. This is actually their, their home where they, they love the people that they've led to Christ, the church that they've started. Uh, so pray for them and their hearts. I think today they fly out uh, this afternoon. And so if you'll just pray for them as they find out what's next. They don't know when they can go back because of the unrest there. Um, so where do we get this word church? 
last week we talked about the church ecclesia in Greek. The original word for church is ecclesia, and it's a gathering or an assembly of people, specifically believers, as we talk about here in the, in the Scripture, those that are a part of a village or a city that would be united into one body. And so one of the things I like to say about our church, Bethel Community Church, is Bethel Community Church is one of the classes or one of the families within the larger church in Yukon because Yukon has other churches that are Bible-believing, other churches that know Jesus, their Savior, other churches that know this community and love this community, and we get to bond together um, kind of as a big, big C church here in Yukon. So the church at Yukon doesn't just gather here on the corner um, on Sarah and Wagner. The church in Yukon gathers in lots of places around Yukon. I want us to look at the first church in Acts. The first church in Acts was kind of put on display for us to see the impact of Jesus in a community. I'm going to read some verses, and we're going to kind of dissect it and then jump into Ephesians. I want to start in verse 42. This is very familiar. If you read through the book of Acts, the book of Acts is like a history lesson, a description of what was going on in those, in those early days of the church. And this specific church, the first church there at Jerusalem, it says this, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all them. And these are the people in the church, but also the people in the community. And the apostles performed many miracles and signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity." all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. This is the people in the community there in Jerusalem. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. If you look at this description, it's a description of what happens in a community when Jesus comes in and begins to call people unto himself and they gather as a church body. Uh, many people misread the intention of Acts and they say, we want to be an Acts 2 church. Now, it's a, it's a good idea for us to look at the, the work of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit, but for us to take the church in Jerusalem as our model would be a mistake because this is what God did in Jerusalem where he was gathering people together. But you can read the next few chapters, and there's a few little things they did that were kind of not what God necessarily wanted, but what God had gifted them to do there in the community. And so if we take um, Acts 2, the church of Jerusalem, the first church, and we say, this is our prescription. This is how we're supposed to act. Well, that means that all of us need to sell all our property. All of us need to join into a commune, and we need to just share everything we have, kind of like a socialist society. Well, that's not what Jesus has called the church to be. The, the, Jesus has called the church to be unique in the community in which it was planted. But this church in Jerusalem sold everything. They gathered into a commune, and it says that they made a difference in their community. The principle that we can see here is that they gathered and that they shared and they were generous. Also, the principle that you can see is that they loved one another. They had good works toward one another. They elevated the sanctity of human life. The principle that Jesus will transform lives is very clear but for us to take the church in Jerusalem and do everything like they did would be a mistake because this is a description. It describes what was going on. It is not meant for us to actually implement. There's other places in Scripture that talk about that. So as we read through Acts, we see what is possible, and yet Jesus is writing our story how he wants to write it today in 2021. Our story is unique to the story of the gospel here in Yukon on this corner. We may or may not experience what the church in Acts experience. 
Our community may or may not respond as Jerusalem did. Actually, a few years later, most of those Christians were scattered around Asia Minor because of persecution. Many of them were killed for the name of Jesus. The author and the leader of our church, Jesus, is not only the breathing life into our church, but he's writing a specific story here in Yukon, Oklahoma. We get to be a part of that story. We get to be a part of his story right here in Yukon 2,000 years later. We are not the, the church in Acts 2. There are ancestors, but we are not that church. We are a church in Yukon, Oklahoma, 2,000 years later. And the reason I'm being clear about this is because many times we read this book, this description, and we say, well, our church doesn't do that, so our church is not a biblical church. Well, if someone went through and did a history lesson of our church, it would look different than the church in Jerusalem. But what we want to do is we want to yield to Jesus and to his leading. We have a unique calling and a unique experience in America today, 2,000 years after the church was established in Jerusalem. We have a unique calling, and we're supposed to discover how our church is to impact our community. There are many things that were going around and along in that time in history that we will never experience. But today we're experiencing things that the church in Acts 2 never experienced either. But the gift of Jesus and the renewing power and the Holy Spirit in our lives still guides us 2,000 years later to actually make a difference for Jesus. And each of us, it's up to us to yield to him. It's up to us to actually say, God, what do you want us to do? What giftings have you given me so that I can impact my church locally and then my community on the outside? Paul just walked us through the activity of the church to care for one another in the first part of Ephesians chapter 4. He said that we're uniquely fit together in service of one another, each person participating in the body in the way that he has put us there. Now he shifts his focus onto the outside. The next few verses that we're going to start reading in verse 17 are shifting the focus outward. Many of us have taken these verses and focused inward to the other believers in the church. Yes, we should act responsibly with one another, but Paul shifts our focus to our neighbor. And so the next few verses are talking about the neighbor. We cannot neglect the impact of our lives and how they impact our community around us. When we come to the church, there's a bubble here that it's easy to act like a Christian. But as soon as we leave this place, that's when it's a challenge to actually live out our lives like God has called us to. And so this is what we're going to work through this morning. So let's go here, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. If you have your Bible app, you can follow along. It'll also be here on the screen. It says there, with the Lord's authority, so this is Paul writing under the Lord's authority, he says, yeah, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Paul is describing our lives outside of a church community, how we carry ourselves and how we interact with our neighbors and our friends and our family. And as he's describing this, the temptation would be for a believer to live like a pagan. And a pagan is simply someone that does not know Jesus, has not been redeemed by him, does not understand the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus when he came 2,000 years ago and gave his life freely so that you and I could be connected to the Father. A pagan actually is someone that rejects that, maybe has even encountered the truth of Jesus, but rejects it. So have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror? Have you ever asked yourself this question, what is different about me and my neighbors? What is different about me and my coworkers? 
What's different? Many times the answer to that question is none. There's no difference. We live like those around us. There's no difference in our life and the lives of those who don't know Jesus. And Jesus has called us to something different. Paul is calling us to no longer live like pagans. It says, instead of letting Christ transform us, many of us continue, allow our minds to continue in darkness. It says right here, a hardened heart and a closed mind keeps us from experiencing full life. And as you experience Jesus, as he begins to penetrate your mind and your heart, don't walk away from the leaning toward the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit wants to guide you, not just on Sundays, but also throughout the week. We need Jesus seven days a week, not just one day a week. Our decision to follow Jesus takes mental power and takes heart power. It takes supernatural power in order to overcome living like a pagan. It's the decision and the bending of our heart on a daily basis. It's transformation. And so if you've met Jesus, there's a call in your life to live differently. And I think in our society, in our culture, it's hard to find the line or it's hard to decide well, how do I know if this is Jesus or this is simply culture? Jesus is a little different than our culture. It really drastically different in the way that he thinks and that he acts. Verse 20 says, But that's not what you've learned from Christ or about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature, Created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. We've got a couple helpers coming out to help me out. Here, here's the truth about the Christian life and the, the, the life of a pagan. Is that you and I are born, Scripture says, in sin. And so we have the life that is a life of sin. And it's normal. This is something that we were born with, we grow with. It's something that's comfortable. It's something that is not abnormal. And we walk around, and it's just who we are. And this old sin, this old life, actually covers up a lot of what's on the inside. And so it's comfortable. We walk around. We love it. And Paul says, no, you didn't learn that from Christ, because when he comes in, he begins this transformation part, and it says, throw off your old sinful nature. And it's like actually taking off your identity. And so Jesus actually attacks our identity and says, no, throw this off. Now, here's, here's what we actually do, most of us, is we say, I'm actually going to take it off, but I, I'm, I, I may want that. So I'm just going to leave it. And then we come over to this middle part, and if you look here, it says, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Here's the truth about when I take off my old life. There's stuff that it uncovers that's painful. There's wounds that are deep that need to be healed. There's sin that has really set in and has left scars and marks on my life, on my heart and on my mind and my soul. And Scripture says I need to move into renewal. Jesus comes with his word and his spirit and he begins to transform and he begins to cover up and he begins to renew the things that are wounded in me. And a lot of us just want immediate action. And yet Jesus says, if you'll come to me and throw your burdens on me, I will give you rest. And it's this process that Scripture calls uh, transformation, or it calls sanctification. It's called this process of becoming like Jesus. But here's what we do. And if you're like me, this is what happens. I don't know how it happens, but I wake up one day, and I'm like sitting back in my flesh. 
and I put it back on. And I didn't even realize it because this is comfortable. This kind of hides some of the stuff that I'm trying to work through, and I get comfortable again. And I go back to my old life. And it, then, it, then it feels good. It keeps me safe, and it keeps me warm, and it, and it kind of hides me from my shame. And Paul says, when you hear about Jesus, don't just, don't just hang it up for later. He says, throw it away. Throw it off. Because if I throw it off, it's going to be harder to get back into. And a lot of us, what we do is we end up finding where it is and crawl back into it because we want to continue the way we used to be. Well, he says, no, be renewed by your spirit with your thoughts and your attitude. When you come to Jesus, we think it's this instant transformation. And yet many of you, if you're honest with yourself, have been struggling through throwing off the flesh, throwing off the old life, and trying to put on the new life. And so what we end up doing is we throw it off, and we run over real quick, and we put on this other one. We just put it on, and we say, okay, okay, good, good. Holy, 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 and we think just doing this is going to be great. But we've forgotten this little part. Renew your thoughts and attitudes with the Spirit. So yes, I need to put this on, and I need to have it. This one's harder to get off, which is good. I need to put on the new life, but if I'm not careful, I'll find this one, and I'll be like, well, I kind of missed this one. I'm around some friends, and I'm just going to throw it over my shoulder because I'm around some friends. Not that Tyler's a bad friend. I'm just, <laughs> this is all example, okay? This is not real. I'm like, hey, Tyler, and I'm just back over here, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to put this here because I don't want Tyler to know what's going on in my heart. I want him to remember the old me where it's comfortable. Paul's like, no, no, throw it off, throw it off, and let the Spirit renew. The healing that comes from the Spirit's renewal is so long-term that when I put on the new, the thing that He is doing in my life, when I put it on, I actually begin to have a new nature that is created like God. And the difference between this one and that one is this is light. But it also heals. It also covers up. It says, truly righteous and holy. I'm going to take this off just for illustrations. Thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. Appreciate it. You can just throw it right there. Thank you. Yeah, because I may want it. So here's the thing. Living by the inclinations. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> that should be hung up nice, okay? <laughs> when we live by the inclinations and our instincts, this is when we get into trouble. When we say, I feel this, or I just want this, this is our old nature talking, and we're tempted to go put it back on because it's all we've ever known. We need to live so that Jesus, as he begins to transform and begins to cure our spiritual ailment, we have to feed and foster this new kind of growth. And it takes a daily decision to submit to him. When we develop an appetite for Jesus, we de develop an, a longing to know who he is and to be full of his Holy Spirit. If we pay attention to the leading of the Spirit day by day and the narrative of Jesus in our hearts, we will be led to the truth and the new man will be on. We will put off the old, we'll renew and put on the new. This is action. And, and this idea of throwing off is kind of like a scraping off and it's painful. 
because the old flesh, the old desires, the way we were are stuck to us and they cling to us because they're who we are. And Jesus is like, I've given you a new identity. It's kind of like a snake shedding its skin. It's like throwing it off into the trash. And if you threw off an old scab off your arm, you wouldn't go pick it up and try to put it back on. But that's what we end up doing is we go back over and over again in this renewal process of healing the wounds and the scars from the effects of sin in your life. And this idea of put on, I, I love the, the picture in the Greek. It says put on your new nature. It's actually sinking in to the new clothing, sinking into it. And so just as comfortable as the old life was, the new life will be more comfortable because it's something that will give us life. We have a part in, G in what God is doing in our lives. We actually get to choose this. If God didn't give us a choice, we would just un instantly be changed. And yet he allows us to come into the process as we actively pursue him and continue away from our former way of life. We can let his spirit transform our thoughts and our attitudes, and daily we get to commit to working out our salvation. Not working for our salvation, but working it out like a puzzle. It says verse 25. So stop telling lies. Let, let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we're all parts of the same body, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger live, gives a foothold to the devil. So now that we've put on our new nature, Paul directs us to our community. Tell the truth. Don't let anger control you. These are two of the most difficult things for a person in life to do, which is always tell the truth and not get angry. And you're like, oh, no, I don't have a problem with that. Actually, yeah, you do, just like I do. You get a phone, someone, you know, used to, we'd have a phone on the wall, you know, where the family would pick up the phone and be like, yes, can I speak to blah, blah, blah? And you're back there going, don't tell them I'm here. I'm not here. And we teach our kids to lie that we're not here. If you didn't do that, man, you missed out the good old days, right? Now you can just call your phone in your pocket. Don't, it says, tell the truth. Don't let the anger control you. One of our first actions as a believer is to be truthful. This is integrity in all we do, no longer controlled by lies. And then this second one, this, this rage, this kind of bubbling anger that's in our soul is something that says, do not be controlled by this. It's a feeling that drives a lot of our behaviors. There's an anger that pushes us to do what we do many times. It destroys relationships, and it focuses the attention on the inside. And we say to ourselves, I'll show them, as soon as someone says we can't do something, or something rises up and inside, inside us where someone offends us, and we simply say, bye, Felicia, I'm out of here. That is the old life coming back. And Paul says, let's do something different. Verse 28, if you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to the others in need. The life of the gospel is, is like a total about face. It's a completely different life. It's a transformation of the focus on myself to others. We, we want to start this um, portal that's called the Bethel Cares Portal. We'll begin to putting our faith in action and we have our, on our website, there's a link, and it goes to a new website, by Bethel, or sorry, BethelCares.cc, and we'll begin to bless our community through service. We'll actually do this on Sunday mornings during church services. Well, we'll commission people in our church family to go and work in projects around our community. Our first project will be to give Compassionate Hands a facelift, 
If you have skills in carpentry, painting, remodeling, cleanup, this project is for you. If you go to BethelCares.cc, you can sign up, and you can be a part of the team that we will commission out on a Sunday morning to go to do the work. Every project will be different, and so we need your help to have eyes on our community, how we can bless our community from painting to repairs, from changing light bulbs for people that can't get on a ladder to serving the lost and the last and the least. He's not here for this service, but Jason DeGroat is actually going to head up the program, the community outreach coordinator. He and his wife, Emily, are, are sort of new to our church. Emily sings on our worship team, and Jason, they typically come to the second service. But he's going to head this up. He has a heart for our community and and setting up these projects. And so the first project we're going to do is this Compassion Hands one. And so if you'll sign up on our website, if you'll go to our website, there's a link to Bethel Cares, and then you can sign up and be a part of the team. We're actually going to go out on Sunday morning. And so it's interesting that it says, if you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Now, I'm not calling anybody a thief. When I was a kid, I used to, I had this sticky fingers thing. I don't know what was going on in my life, but four or five years old, I go to TGNY with my parents, and um, they put the candy right there at eye level. Hey, Dad, can I have this? Nope. Oh, yeah? Great bubble gum. Oh, man. Hubba bubba great bubble gum. <laughs> Equals sin to me. Oh, my word. I don't even know if they make it anymore, but when I was a kid, that was it. Stuck that thing in my pocket. Actually, I think the first thing I stole was a Kit Kat. I can't even eat them anymore, but the first thing I stole was a Kit Kat, and I was in the backyard eating this soggy Kit Kat. Oh, my word. Next time we went back to TGNY, oh, great bubble gum. And then I forgot I had it in my pocket. And I fell down, and it fell out, and my sister's like, <gasps> man, my dad made me go talk to the manager of TGNY. Talk about terrible. There was an officer there, the manager there, my dad there. The officer said, I'm going to have to take your dad to prison. Scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I think the whooping I got probably helped a little bit too. <laughs> I never stole anything again. But a lot of us actually have taken things that are not ours. And Jesus said the about face is, let's stop that. Let's actually work hard and then be generous. I thank God for a generous church like Bethel. Verse 29, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that, uh, you, though, that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. You know, our words matter. What we say matters. Our words bring life or death, according to Proverbs. What we say is important. The things we say on social media <laughs> matters. The things that we say at work matters. Don't use foul or abusive language. That's an about face, and our community is affected by that. Verse 30, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. It says, remember, he has identified you as, as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit invades your Monday through Sunday, and we can actually wound the Spirit's work when we say no and not listen to what he's trying to get us to do Monday through Saturday. Bethel Community Church exists to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. We say this all the time. We're going to say it again. It's not about me. It's all about Jesus. It's not about me. It's all about others. It's Jesus and others, and it's in the way that I speak. And when we agree with the Spirit and allow Him to work in us and through us, we align ourselves with the power of God, and we can make a difference in our community. 
And a lot of us think I need to go and do this big grand thing. No, it's simply in the way our minds and our hearts are bending and yielding to, to the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. Verse 31, it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ Jesus, has forgiven you. Let us grow into the image of Jesus. Let us be transformed by the image of Jesus. Let us walk away from the lives that so easily control us and that are comfortable. Let us transform our allegiance and transfer it to Jesus Christ. Let us allow his spirit to guide us. Let us meditate on him daily. Let us live out kindness. Let us be soft-hearted. Let us give people a pass and let us soak up the forgiveness of Jesus. And if you and I would walk this way, it'd be a complete about-face. And that old man, that old flesh would stay aside I'd be renewed by the Spirit, and I'd put on the new. I would soak into the new. I would sink into the new. Bethel Community Church, we're going to focus in, and now we're going to focus on our community. Because being here on Sundays is easy. Being in the community is where we can let the Spirit work in our lives to transform our community. Let's pray. God, this morning it is once again an honor to be here with your people God, as you have worked in our hearts, as you worked in our minds, God, I pray that the Spirit would transform us in the way we speak, the way we think, the way we act. God, it's a decision in our head. It's a decision in our heart. My prayer, God, is that you would use your word to transform us, that we could build our life on you, that you are a foundation that will never falter, that we can magnify you with our lives above everything else. And God, not just on a Sunday, but throughout the week. And as we launch into this season, God, where we're going to be serving our community, I pray you'd give us opportunity to be your hands, to be your feet, to be light, to be salt. Jesus, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We sing those words, and sometimes they come out so easily, like, I want to be crucified with you. Wow. And then it's like, oh, wait a second. Do I, you know, do right. I really want to throw that coat off? Do I really want to get rid of everything that I love so well? But the, that song is so beautiful because it says, you're going to be there with me yeah. through it all, through the hard parts of throwing this stuff off. I'm not alone. Um, so that's so beautiful. What I loved um, in Ephesians 4 today towards the end was... Whether you're a thief or get angry, you can really put anything there. You right. know, whatever thing you struggle with. He gives us like a really like uh, obvious way out. He's like, hey, whatever stuff you got going on in your life, just replace it with serving others, with giving encouraging words, with working hard with your hands, with being generous. He, he like gives us a really obvious way to focus on when we are trapped in in things that are not glorifying to him. Right. And so I love that. It's just like, okay, so I don't know where to start. Things are so messed up. Okay, serve others, be generous, be encouraging. You know, just yeah. one step at a time. Just today, be encouraging. Don't try to do the whole everything in the whole world. Just today, be generous to someone. Yeah. Just today, serve someone. And so I, I love that it is complicated. You know, we like, we oh, it's just all so complicated. But really, God gives us some really basic steps through his words that if we just focus on them one at a time, then we're going to get there. Well, and it's like, I think we can get discouraged really quick about the process because it's a long journey right. um, to put down the old and put on the new. It's like, 
don't get discouraged today of the process. Just continually yeah. go through the process. Just keep it going because well, he will be magnified, like we said today. Well, and kind of like what you um, showed us today, when you put it back on, just take it back off. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like if you crawl and you get back in, okay, get it back off. Right. And so it, it, you can do it over again. And so I, daily, daily like renewal of the spirit. This is the thing that every single day when I get up in the morning, I've got to say, okay, today is not mine. It's the spirits. What right. do you want me to do today? It's yours. And so every day of the week as we go to the community, as we interact with one another, with our kids and the driving and everything we do, it's the spirit working our lives. And right. so it's a conscious decision, my heart, my mind and my heart. Right. Hey, if I could not recommend the verse of the day more on the Bible app. Today, the verse of the day, Jenny Allen was talking about the, the, the verse, um, a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Yeah. That's kind of just reminding me of that because he gives us this lamp to just go forward. Right. We don't see the whole picture, the, the everything that's coming, but he just gives us the light enough to just take a step forward. And that's what these things are in Ephesians, just one step forward right. by following his steps. Yep. Um, thanks so much for coming today. It, uh, we're starting November. It's like it's a month crazy. of thankfulness. Yeah. Usually I hate November because it's no shame November, but I guess we're past that. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know. Um, so you guys remember that here at Bethel, we exist to love and lead one another to find and follow Have a great Jesus. one. Love you guys.